0: Beyond with my Kelton Season 3 is brought to you by Happy Buddha Hemp. Happy Buddha Hemp has my all-time favorite CBD gummies that I literally cannot live without. All the details on my fave nightly treats and sick discounts are coming your way, Carol. But for now, let's get this episode started, shall we?
1: And I remember standing in the middle of this park, not seeing a thing, not seeing anything, like in terms of weird apparitions or anything like that. Just seeing a park, but also feeling like I was completely surrounded by so many people.
2: He was a flapper in a past life. He's a comedian in this life. Podcast about it, everything he loves. Magic, magic, psychic, mediums, astrology, Beyond.
0: Hi, I'm Mike Kelton, and you're listening to Hi, Carol. And welcome back to episode three. I hope you have fully recovered from crying on your morning commute to work last week. I still cannot get over how magical that email from Chris's late father was and how much I was personally moved from talking to Chris and then sharing her story with all of you. So I want to take another opportunity to thank Chris. And I want to thank Carrie for sending that email from wherever he sent it from. And of course, I wanna thank Baby Carrie for being born, being an Aquarius, and for being so damn cute. We love you, Carrie. So, back to my guardian angel, Patrick, for a hot sec. Remember the doorman with those really beautiful emails? Well, as it turns out, I'm an extremely bad private investigator. After almost two months of my search, I was getting absolutely nowhere with calling brokers and random numbers I found online that should have at least connected me with the building. And if you're wondering, because I know you are, why I didn't just walk by the building, I had assumed that Patrick didn't work there anymore because 10 years ago, he was pretty old. So I assumed he was definitely retired by now. But I was looking for the number to the building because I thought that Maybe someone who works there now would have Patrick's contact info. But after months of literally not even getting in touch with the building, I felt frustrated. Like, maybe this was never going to happen, and what was I doing making a podcast about this? But then, one day in late March, oh baby, we got something. Bum, 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 bum. Hello. Hello. Mariah. Hello. This is Mariah. She's an intern here at Forever Dog. She's also one of the sweetest humans alive. Mariah was so wonderfully tasked with helping me call a bunch of places that we thought would lead to Patrick. Or at least the building. So Mariah was all in on the Patrick story. And
3: then yesterday I was here and I don't know what it was. It was wild. I I messaged you. I left here and I had the weirdest energy. I was like so drained but so energized at the same time. And we couldn't find Patrick's number. Uh-huh. And
0: and we called so many people yesterday. So many yeah, was people. Yeah, we are just like Googling, trying to find like brokers yeah. and management companies, blah, yeah, blah, blah. we
3: went around the world. Mm-hmm.
0: And then- well, one night after a recording, without telling any of us, Mariah decided to walk past 210 West 78th Street on the way to have dinner with a friend. And
3: well, I'll let her so, tell you. I got off the train. I was like, I have to go. I have to go. I have to go. I'm like I was terrified I didn't even know Patrick (laughs) and I was like sweating I'm so nervous I was walking down the street like I'm not a really religious person I'm like doing my cross that Patrick's like still kicking and going well I was so nervous so I walk in first the doorman like goes to push like the lift to let me up to my floor and I was like oh (laughs) sweetie I wish but that is not the situation Um, And then I just said to him, I was like, hi, I'm Mariah. Um, I was hoping to get in contact with a doorman that worked here a few years ago. His name's Patrick. And this man, I forget his name, but he didn't know Patrick. He started working after. So I was like, okay, is there a number for the building? And he said, no, we don't have like a phone. So I was like, okay, that's okay. Thank you so much for your help. As I'm leaving, this guy like pops his head out from behind a little office (laughs) cubicle thing. It was like, hi, I'm Romeo. I'm the super of the building. I was like, hi, Romeo. Um, I'm hoping to get in contact with the doorman, Patrick. And I was like, yeah, Patrick. Oh, my gosh. I have his mobile number. (laughs) And just whips out his phone. And he's like, ready to call Patrick. I was like, whoa. Firstly, he's alive. Thank gosh. Like, this is all news to me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... I was talking to him, and Romeo was really nice, but he was basically saying, look, I don't know who you are, like, mm-hmm. to just give you totally. a mobile number. Totally, totally. So I was like, that's fair, that's fair. And he said, let me call Patrick. So he, he, called tri- Patrick? he tried to call Patrick, like, three times. And Patrick was like, I don't know, I don't know if it was, like, the signal or, like, what, that we couldn't hear him, and it was, like, all just like... <laughs> To the point where Romeo was like, are you, like, are you you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started getting freaked out and I was like, it's not meant to be. Maybe Uh Mike needs to call him. Like, Uh so I said, it's okay. We'll leave it. If I can even just get your number, like, you've been so helpful, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, in the end, we were talking a bit longer and he basically said, look, you seem like, I'm like confident you're not a serial killer or anything. So I'll give you.
0: I would feel very comfortable. Yeah. Giving a phone number to you.
3: That's my main goal in life. Just don't appear as a serial killer. (laughs) But, end of story, I have Patrick's mobile. That's wild. Yeah, I was freaking out.
0: And here we are. Here we are. I haven't seen this man in six years. I've been searching for him for over two months, making a podcast about him, and now... I have his phone number, all because Mariah, the sweet Olsi intern, decided to be a sneaky little bee and go by 210 West 78th Street one night on the way to see her friend. So I'm sitting in the studio and I got these digits and I'm like, Al, press record. I'm about to call my guardian angel. Oh my God, it's ringing. I'm freaking out. He might not be like he, by the phone. Also, it's ringing, and ringing, and ringing, which makes me think it's a it's a landline, right? Because cell phones go right to voicemail.
4: Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time. I'll leave Please a message. try your call again later. Announcement one, switch No two dash one zero.
0: No messages.
4: Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless customer you called is not available at this time.
0: No messages, which is very much like um, sending emails and not being able to receive them. Oh, bummer. I know. I was pretty bummed too. But it was just the first attempt. And don't worry, Carol. You know there'll be more. So... Back to me following the end of the uni. A couple weeks later, I ran into a friend as I was leaving the UCB Theater after a show. I'm also a comedian when I'm not crying on my spirituality podcast. (laughs) I'm serious. Her name is Rosie Whelan. Someone backstage made a joke about ghosts, and she quickly responded that she had a wild ghost story that her and her three friends experienced in high school. And as the words shot out of her mouth, I heard a voice. And that voice said, Mike, this is the universe speaking. Tell Rosie to come into the studio and tell her story. It will be worth it. Trust me. Love the voice for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> So guess what, Carol? I listened and I got Rosie and Juwan, one of her high school friends who also had this spooky experience in the studio. Um, so Rosie and Juwan, yes. here we are. We're in the studio in Brooklyn. Um, you guys drove here weirdly enough because Juwan, you live in Jersey? Yes.
4: He picked my ass up. I picked her We're
0: ass a up. a gentleman. That is? I did. Iconic in a way. <laughs> yeah. Juwan has a car, which is the first weird thing that came up. I don't meet many people with cars. So right off the bat, I was like, this story is wild. Now, besides that insane car thing, no, seriously, having a car is wild. In all seriousness, it's important for you to know that Rosie and Juwan have been friends for over 20 years. And they met one day in middle school. And the story is actually... Kind of cute. Uh-huh.
1: And I remember I got on the bus and there was a seat next to her and I was like, hey, can I sit here? And she was like, sure. <laughs> So I just sat next to her and I was like, do you want to see the candle? I bought my mom.
0: Oh, my God. And she
1: was like, OK. And so literally for hours, I just talked about this candle. And the moment for me was when I was like, OK, she's letting me talk. We're definitely friends. Like, that's what it is.
4: The moment for me was like, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. Because <laughs> he, he asked to sit. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Because I didn't have a lot of friends. I I had a lot of friends in high school. But like in middle school, I felt like very like I didn't like my friends so I was like mm-hmm. always looking for like a new group of friends uh-huh. but I didn't find those groups until high school uh-huh. and like when he asked to sit next to me I was like so excited because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be friends with him but then when he started talking about the candle <laughs> oh! and he wouldn't stop I was like oh my god this guy's crazy <laughs> but then it. by the end I was like oh but like crazy in like good, good crazy guy, I yeah I need the yeah, yeah. good crazy
0: my, kind of, my kind of crazy I was also interested. they went on to talk about the town they grew up in where they went to school, the town that shaped them. And that town is Stratford, Connecticut. And I had no idea when I invited them in that they grew up in a town that had so much rich history for being, you know it, Carol, extremely
4: haunted. Like I love Stratford. I feel like everyone hates it, but I love it. <laughs> no,
1: I like it's it. It's just My such family a weird
4: place day. and it's cool. It just is, it's like one of those places where it was like never a dull moment because it was, everything was psychotic. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and so it's like New York City is the normal place. It's like I'm retired <laughs> wow. now. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm 90 and I'm like at a <laughs> retirement home. Like Stratford was the weird place. Yeah. That was the craziest stuff. The craziest stuff that's ever happened in my entire life happened in Stratford. And like the best relationships I've ever had happened in Stratford. And it's just like, it's just a crazy place. Because it's also a really old
1: town, like very, very old. So there's like lots of old churches. And so, you know, there's that kind of a feeling to it as well. It has a lot of history. Stephen King
4: lived there. Stephen
1: King lived there. So it is based off of
0: Stratford. Okay, hold up a sec. You know if your neighbors are walking around saying, Oh, you know it? Well, that's based on our town. That's got to be one spooky town.
4: Also, our whole childhood, we would have assemblies about a witch named Goody Bassett. Oh, yes. That was burned in back of our library. Yeah. Yeah. Goody Goody Bassett. And so like, we would have assemblies in school about her. Mm-hmm. And that she was like, she is like haunted the town or whatever. And we have like an ice cream shop named are after you, her.
0: Are you saying this, this and to me, <laughs> two listeners, they're going to, they're going to be saying this sounds psychotic. I know. But it's it's also, where we grew up. I, if
4: we had 10 hours, I could tell you a hundred more things. Like yeah. literally, yeah. This is just I'm the trying to tip contain of of- most of the things because I know it's just going to get too crazy. But yeah. okay. So-,
0: so here's the deal. Stratford, Connecticut has a lot of spooky things going on. And it's not just Rosie and Joanne who say this. If you Google Stratford, Connecticut, you get a lot. It's basically like the Bermuda Triangle of haunted northeast towns. Oh, and one more thing
4: about Stratford. Mm -hmm. I've been always told that Freddy Krueger was based on like an actual child molester in our town. Who
1: the parents ganged up together and and killed. killed.
4: But this is what I know for a fact. This is what I know for a fact the Elm Street in our town, which is known to be haunted, and has actually yes. have like newspaper articles about a house on Elm Street that was haunted and weird stuff happened.
1: Yeah, they bur- in the
4: graveyard them. in front of the house. There's a gravestone that just says Freddy, Freddy. and I was always told <gasps> that I'm screaming, I'm screaming, I'm screaming. <laughs> I was always told that back then. Out of respect, they had to give them a, a tombstone, but they didn't respect it with like a last name, and yeah, that's like why it just, like it, like that. it just says Freddy. It doesn't say the year. It just says Freddie. That's it. And we would always visit it, and you so would
0: always visit it. You psychos. I, but
4: all I know for a fact, <laughs> it, I know for yeah. a fact, this gravestone is real because I've seen We've it a seen million it. times. Yeah. As I went on to
0: ask Jawan what it was like for him growing up surrounded by so much folklore, yeah. how did you? What did you think about? Hauntings and ghosts and poltergeists, like seeing this stuff. What did you actually think about it?
1: I always believed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like growing up, uh, not to get too like weird, but like mm-hmm. my mother, you can't on this spot. <laughs> <though>. Yeah, <laughs> this
4: is the place. I like,
1: I mean, I grew up with like my mom reading tarot cards uh-huh. and things like that and being very spiritual and like mm-hmm. kind of like she always encouraged me and my older brothers to like kind of like go out and find our own ways.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and of course, because this is a season of B and the synchronicities come flying at you like a dildo at a drag brunch. Juwan went on to say something that made me and Tracy in the studio lose our minds.
1: Um, I distinctly remember when I was a little kid, I used to play with what I thought was my guardian angel. Um, <laughs> that's, that's cool. That is actually so psycho that you just said that. <laughs> Wait, Sorry.
0: do you know? Do you? I don't think I even told you, Rosie. Do you what? know what the theme of this whole season is? No. no. It's guardian angels. Oh, oh really? Okay,
1: well, on that's brand pay.
0: Um, yeah. That's so psycho. Yeah, I... I'm that's... freaking out. I know. I know. We love a synchronish, bish. We love a synchronish. Carol, my spirit guides have a message for you. Just kidding. They had nothing to do with this, but I genuinely want to let you know about some of my fave new things that have made my life and sleep habits a bit more chill and vibe worthy in the past year. CBD products from our season three presenting sponsor, the iconic Happy Buddha Hemp. I've been truly obsessed with the full spectrum CBD gummies for a while now, and I gotta say, sleeping through the night is an absolute vibe. It's made me more alert during the day and brought my general anxiety to an all time low, which is a vibe. If you haven't tried CBD products before, don't fret, Carol. I was also a noob when I tried Happy Buddha Hemp products and I quickly found the perfect dose for me. I recommend starting with the gummies and taking half of one 30 minutes before bed and see how it feels. The next night, do the same amount or go even further to really connect with your subconscious in the dream world. I can confidently tell you, that I have tried and love all of the HBH products, which is why I literally asked them to sponsor my podcast. I know, it's sick. So if you want to get in on the CBD life, head over to happybuddahemp.com and use the code BEYOND for 30% off. Again, it's 30% off at happybuddahemp.com using the code BEYOND. This works for all of the products, Carol. So go ham and have a good day. (laughs) I went on to ask Rosie about the paranormal and no surprise, babe, she's on board.
4: I don't know. I would just see if I saw something, I was just very quick to find a way to make it so that I was crazy or like I like I remember once I saw a woman in my like I woke up and I saw a woman standing in front of my bookshelf and I was just the next day I still felt it. But then like every day after that, I was just like, well, this is a a little kid's brain. But even then I was like, well, you know, it was the middle of the night. I woke up. I had to pee. Mm -hmm. I would just like rationalize it like. Maybe the stuffed animal on it just looked like a face, but it wasn't. Maybe and there I was a like. Shadow. Yeah. But it was like, no. But like for real, I woke up and I saw a woman. Like it wasn't a bunny stuffed animal. It was a woman. <laughs> it wasn't Donnie would... Darko. <laughs> it wasn't the Donnie Darko bunny. It was like a cute bunny. Um, no, but I just like rationalized everything. And um I don't
0: know. just I don't know. Rosie and Juwan went on to set the scene for their story. And they told me where this haunting specifically took place. And it's a park. It's a memorial park. It's Booth Memorial Park.
1: Booth Memorial Park in Stratford is like a super old park. It's really weird. Um, It's really weird. Like there's like hills and it's like a big park, but like you can only walk to certain sections. It has
4: a lighthouse.
1: There's a lighthouse there.
4: Even though it's not an ocean, there's a lighthouse.
1: Yep. There's Um, a barn. There's like an old uh, toll booth Mm -hmm. there. Because Connecticut used to have toll booths back in the day. Um, and so they have like one that's just like there that you can like walk around and look at. Stuff like that. And there's like this um, building that's like a barnish building that there's always like someone's face at the top of it. Like when you look at the window, it's like a face like this. <laughs> Seriously. Always.
4: Wait, I know what you what mean, you but mean? that sounds really crazy. It sounds really crazy. But I know exactly what you mean.
0: So here we are. They came into the studio to tell me a story. A spooky story. The story begins with Rosie, Juwan, Ellen, and Will pulling into the parking lot of Booth Memorial Park one night during their junior year of high school. So grab a blanket and call in those spirit guides, Carol, because this story is actually really scary. And because Rosie and Juwan had two different experiences that night, I had them tell it separately. And we started with Juwan's side of the story.
1: The way that booth is, is there's a main road. um, And when you take a right off of the road, you go into that park entrance. And it's just like a little parking lot. Um, And that's where the toll thing is, where you can see the toll. You can park and just look at the toll. It's right in front of you. Um, And then we all got out of the car. And, like, I remember, like, it was a clear night, like, not cloudy. It wasn't, like, you know, hazy or misty or anything. It was super, super clear night. Um, And we were standing outside of the car. And in that moment, and like this is just from my point of view um, I heard a bunch of kids laughing like a like, but not like teenager kids like little kids and I just without even saying anything to anyone I just was like Look, gotta go and I just like walked away so I just like this like weird thing I guess came over me and I just like felt like I need to go find out where this laughter is coming from and so I just walked away from anybody, and as I was walking towards it, it was getting louder, um but like audibly, like like real children laughter. And I got down to where it was, and I like found myself in a park, like a like a, a playground and I remember standing in the middle of this park, not seeing a thing, not seeing anything like in terms of. Weird apparitions or anything like that. Just seeing a park, but also feeling like I was completely surrounded by so many people. Our friend Will had come with came with me, but then I don't know where he went. He like disappeared somewhere. And I turned around and I just walked and I sat on this hill. And I'm sitting on the hill, and I just got super depressed, like really, really sad. And I was sitting there. And the, the laughter at this point had, like, faded to nothing. It was, like, gone. And it was almost like when I was standing in the park, it was, like, super loud and really... It was like all of my senses were on fire. You know what I mean? It was just, like, a lot to handle. And then, like, when I walked away, it kind of calmed itself down. And I sat down on this hill, and I just was, like... <laughs> it was like I was, like, rocking back and forth. And I was, like, what's happening? You were going through it. I was really going through it, and I was, like, crying. And like, you had also...
0: Like I just want to point out that it is strange that you, at nighttime in a park, walked away from your friends. Sure did. Yeah, we sure all did. did.
4: We all we all sp- just kind of which like, was weird. We all that was like the weirdest part. We all split from each other. Yeah, which like, normally like we don't we don't
1: do that. Like no. if we hang out and do stuff, it's like we all go to the place together. Yeah, um, we're but, not
4: like hey, see, ya, I want to yeah. go on this like midnight walk by myself. By myself, no. It was really. But it was just weird. a
1: weird moment. Um, and so I'm sitting there. And I'm like rocking back and forth, and I was really super upset. And I'm crying, and then like Will walks up to me, and he's like, "Oh my god, what's wrong?" And I was, I looked at him, and I was like, "We just need to leave. We need to leave," because I just got this overwhelming feeling that I needed to get out. Um, and at that moment was when Ellen and Rosie came running. So during me.
0: that time that you were kind of in this like, I'll say like energy vortex, like yeah. it seemed yeah. like a time suck. Yes, yeah. like you were, you were, you walked into this park, you heard laughter, you were surrounded by like people you felt kind of suffocated and then you walked away from it to get away from it the laughter dissipated yeah and you just felt like very depressed and Mm -hmm. you curled up into a ball on a hill in a park alone at night and you were crying and going through something yeah and during that time then will came up to you and he was like what's wrong and during that time rosie was experiencing something completely different in this park and yeah rosie went on to tell her side of the story and remember carol They all got pulled into different parts of the park. So we're now working in some alternate universe where this park
4: separated the four of them. We felt like we were being mentally pulled into a specific direction, and each person had a different direction that they were being pulled into.
1: Absolutely, it's
4: like we were basically all possessed because we were just being like like a magnet being pulled somewhere. Like we weren't. I feel like we weren't using our brain. Like I one hundred. Why else would we be going? With that. Why wouldn't we be sticking together? Yeah. This isn't you know like why would we be splitting up at a park late at night as little sixteen year olds? Yeah, it felt like my. brain like everywhere around me was pressure. Like it felt like a pressure that was squeezing my head. So I feel like I am drawn uh, further down the hill where there's a tree line where like woods sort of start. And I'm walking down the hill and it's really difficult because everything feels really just like thick and like it's pushing me away and it's like hard to keep moving forward and i see a being swaying from like a tree branch and i'm immediately like scared but also trying to dismiss it so i'm trying to be like it can't be that it has to be something else has to be some shadow thing etc etc i get closer um And finally, at this point, I'm rejoined by Ellen, who has also been somewhere else. I don't really know where she was at this point because everyone had split up. And I'm kind of like, do you see what I'm seeing? And she sees it immediately. Like, as soon as we join together, she sees it and is immediately alarmed because I remember her, like, grabbing my arm. And I'm like, so you I'm like motioning to it. Like, so you see this. It's not just me. And I'm trying to get us to go closer to it and she's kind of trying to like get us to leave but I'm like I have to see this um we get closer and I'm like this can't be it like this just can't be so I have to just get close enough until we realize what it is because I can't leave this like I have to see what it is so we just keep getting closer and closer like inch by inch And then finally we get closer, but I'm, like, audibly saying this can't be, like, this isn't it. And as I'm saying that, the being, like, it's hanging by what looks like a thick rope. And it looks like he has, um, like, attached his hands around the rope and, like, lifts it above his head to, like, detach himself from it. And just as that's happening, obviously, like, the hair on the back of our neck is standing and we know we have to like jet any second but then it looks like he puts his arm around the tree to wrap around it to almost to like what looks like to us as like a like a spooky thing where it's like he takes the rope off and he wraps his arm around the tree and he goes I mean the people can't see me but I'm like jutting forward with my hands. And then that's when we turn and book it and start screaming. And it was, I I don't know, it was just incredible. It's just like, I don't know, I don't, there's like no words to describe what that feels like because I had never seen something like that. And we were just so scared and it was, it's one thing to be scared and know that you can get out of it but it's another way thing to be like you're scared this is happening and we're running up the hill and we can't get to the top of the hill because we're running but we're being like pushed back like it felt like we were being pushed down the hill by like a weird energy force or like we just it just felt like running through lead like we could not get up to the hill so it was just it was just like a nightmare. (laughs) we come screaming and running up the hill it takes forever joan and will are up there and everyone is a mess all like, of us a mess
1: all of us a lot of a lot of this section of the story i only remember because i've been told because in the moment i was like gone
4: him and me and will were a little more like cognitive joan and ellen had like completely gone out to lunch like, like Joanne, straight up
1: catatonic state
4: I remember Ellen being really cold at one point. I remember her teeth chattering, like, like loud. Like, loud teeth chattering, like, while she was rocking back and forth. Because
0: she hasn't said a thing at this she point.
4: is. She was literally in shock. I remember distinctly being worried about her. Because she wasn't talking. She was only rocking and chattering. And it was, like, creepy.
0: So, just to keep this moving, they all got into the car... Rosie in the front with Will driving, Ellen and Jawan in the back, and nobody
1: was speaking. Like I remember, every time the streetlight would like wash over me, I would get like a flash of a, like a like a headache, but just like a like a quick. So it was like not like a sharp pain. like the light was affecting you. Yeah, like it was just like a bam, and then like I remember in that moment. I started seeing, like, flashes of things and stuff. like And I was like, I need to get this out. So I start, I started begging for a pen and a piece of paper.
4: So I was like, we got to get him paper and pen.
1: <laughs> um, Will comes out with, like, a paper and a pen. And now we're back
0: at Will's house. Okay,
1: cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I take it from him. And I remember um, just, like, writing a whole bunch of... I wish we still had the paper. But, like, a whole bunch of weird words that were, like cryptic weird like things that were sounding that sounded really depressing and really sad and then in the corner of the paper I drew three trees one tree which here's the picture
0: Jawan held up a piece of paper a recreation of something he drew that night and I just want to remind everyone that Jawan was in a completely different part of the park crying on a playground and the car ride was silent besides Ellen's teeth chattering and Jawan kept saying, paper and pen, pen and paper, paper and pen. So, he goes on to tell us
1: what he drew. Um, one tree in the background, there was a person just like hanging from the tree. Then one tree that was a little bit closer, it was like just a peekaboo of mm-hmm. a person. Yeah, just a, like his arm. Just like a peekaboo, like a like a like piece that. of a head or an arm or something like that. And the last tree was the closest one and that same being was sticking himself out. And when I drew this, they ripped the paper on my hand. And they're like, what
4: the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? What the fuck? <laughs> it's true. They're like, what the fuck? How are you seeing it? What the fuck? And like. We were like, were you there? Were you there? And I
1: was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just seeing it in my head because I distinctly remember seeing the same. And like later on when we like, like talked about it. I w- was like, I saw someone hanging and then they removed themselves from being hung, mm-hmm. and then they jumped out from a tree.
4: Like, it felt like it was fucking with it. Like, it, it almost seemed like a trickster because yeah, it was like, I was saying, like, this can't be real, this can't be real, and like, as I was saying that, it was like, lift, and then wrap around.
1: Yeah. So I described exactly what I was seeing in my mind to them, which was exactly what they saw. Anytime we refer to the the, the being mm-hmm. that we saw we always inherently say him yeah or, like, i always thought he. it was a man so and it, it has like, like a this, trickster man yeah like a very distinct male energy and i just want did. to be
0: clear for our audience you did not do mushrooms nope. no
4: before
1: you walked nope. into this no. park right and in, in nope. high school like i was like super straight edge what i'd have doing? to do drugs right. with my
4: other friends because yes. he wasn't he wasn't into it yeah i was not okay so
0: that was a lot of information and oh baby This story is better than a lot of horror movies I've seen on Netflix because if you watch horror movies on Netflix, you always start them and you're like, this is going to be good. And then you're like, wow, this could have been good. (laughs) Anyway, I'm really sorry about saying that, Netflix. And if you're listening, I really do love most of your programming and we'd be open to collaborating sometime in the future. Anyway, uh, back to my recap. So, Rosie, Jawan, Ellen, and Will, four high school buds, ended up at Booth Memorial Park one night. They get to the park, and they're all pulled in different directions. Joanne was crying on the playground, listening to kids playing and swings swinging. Rosie and Ellen were pulled down the hill where they saw a man figure hanging from a tree. And once they got close enough, he took the noose off of his head and popped the fuck out from the other side of the tree to, I don't know, scare the living shit out of them. They all freaked out at the same time, ran back to the car, but as they ran back, they felt like they were running through goo, or gack, if you grew up in the 90s. Once they got back to the car, they didn't speak until they got back to Will's house, where Juwan drew exactly what Rosie and Ellen saw. Okay. So, I went on to ask a question that was literally burning in my mind. What happened
1: to Will? Like, Will was the only person who didn't like see that so he just was like hanging out like what's going on so um, there's a person here was like oh whatever
4: well he was no, like no, whatever he was scared he was scared but he he's just, like
1: but i'm just saying like he didn't experience he the, didn't
4: have a thing that like happened that then he told us about he was sort of like he i think was i don't know if he had a normal experience there but i don't remember him being like yeah, oh he this never, is what happened to yeah me he never really there. like
1: detailed any I and think he just felt happened.
4: weird. Like he felt like there's a weird vibe there. Yeah.
1: You would think that we would be obsessing and talking about this for weeks and weeks, mm-hmm. and, weeks and weeks and weeks and things like that. We just kind of like not
4: talked about it. I think probably time. just because the next weird thing happened. Yeah, that's true. It was just like it could be like <laughs> the next cool psycho thing happened.
0: OK, if this was me, I would have been losing my fucking mind. I mean, as a kid, the things that I've experienced, you have heard most of these things on the podcast because if something crazy happens to me, I talk about it way too much. So I had to ask them if they talk about this experience literally every day. Like, is
4: there a text chain? This night for me wasn't a symbol of like the darkest, craziest, most terrible thing that like happened. It was like a symbol of like, I just think of it as like me, you and Ellen and Will like going through that together. Yeah. And nothing bad happened to us because of it. So to me, it felt more like a bonding experience.
1: Rosie, Ellen and myself have always been super close. But after that, like way closer, I feel like we were so, so much closer.
0: Okay, so this experience seems to have been a bonding experience, which if you know me, I thought was beautiful. But I kept thinking about the other two people in this story. Why weren't they in the studio with us? Where were they? And what's their side of the story? And unfortunately, we couldn't get Will on the podcast. He's still driving around Stratford, Connecticut. But oh, baby, you know we got Ellen. Ellen? Yes. Hey, it's Mike Kelton.
2: Hi, how's so it So I
0: asked Ellen for the story from her perspective. And she goes on to tell me, how they even got to the park in the first place. And babe, it makes the story even is, like, creepier. I said,
2: like Will took direction, he wasn't the leader and he, he definitely wasn't the one that decided where we go even though he was the one driving the car. And so we somehow all ended up there, didn't talk about it, didn't talk when we got there. And then all of a sudden we we're like all out of the car. And I honestly, I don't remember getting out of the car. I just remember walking to the playground and then kind of, like, hearing noises that, like, didn't make sense because it was just us there. Like, it was nighttime. Nobody else was around. Um,
0: Do you remember any of the noises?
2: Just kind of, like, like if you were to sit on a playground and close your eyes, like, the noises you would hear, you know, like, swings moving, faint like, children laughing, just, like, normal playground noises, but it didn't make sense because no one was there, and it was nighttime, so it was, like, uncomfortable, um, but at the same time, I didn't feel like I could, like, um, like, do anything about it, like, I, I still felt this, like, I need to move this way, so I kept walking down the hill towards, like, there was there's like kind of like a wooded area behind. Um, So I just kept walking towards the woods. And as I got closer, I kind of saw, I want to say a shadow, but it wasn't the shadow because it was like the opposite. It was like more like brightly colored than a shadow. Um, And it was kind of just like swinging in the trees, but moving closer almost as if there was like someone like walking through the woods. Oh my
0: god. Um, like a like a like a it was almost like a light. It was dark. Almost like an
2: aura. like it wasn't it wasn't like a person. It wasn't um a shadow of someone. It was just kind of like like a misty like pinky yellowish color coming slowly through the woods like towards me and I was moving towards it. And I remember Will Like, shouting from somewhere behind, like, guys, we gotta go, we gotta go.
0: Okay, so maybe Will did know what was going on. Anyway, remember when Rosie and Juwan kept saying they feel like they were walking through goo or gak? Well, uh uh-oh, because...
2: Like, I felt, like, really heavy, like I couldn't run. And I remember trying to run. Like I turned. I finally turned and like tried to like go back up the hill, and it was like I was like moving through jello. Like I couldn't oh move as god. fast as I wanted to. Um.
0: Did you feel in that moment that it was gonna like get you or it like? Was
2: definitely coming towards me. Oh, and- oh my
0: god! <laughs> my body is like ah
2: ah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I have chills right now just thinking about it. But it was definitely coming towards me, and I was, like, coming towards it. Because, like, as soon as I got to the playground, like, I was still moving forward. Like, I never stopped. Uh
0: After hearing from Ellen, I knew that the story wasn't over. If we're gonna believe in the synchronous bish... Then there's a reason why Rosie ran into me at UCB a week earlier. There's a reason why Rosie and Juwan came into the studio to tell their story. And there's a reason why I'm reading this scripted narration to you right now. And that reason is because I knew we had to go back. But I was not going to go alone. That's right, Carol. I had one more call to make.
2: I'm
0: going to tell you yes before you even ask me. Are you fucking serious? That's right, Carol. My good friend and resident medium, Asa Hoffman, is absolutely on board. So next week, me, Asa, Rosie, Jawan, and my fave Team Haunt producer, Tracy, are headed to Booth Memorial Park in the haunted Stratford, Connecticut to get to the bottom. Of absolutely whatever we can get to the bottom of. God, I'm such a dramatic little bitch. (laughs) Goodbye.
4: Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.